Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Montana. Welcome back. A little Prince for you on a snowy Thursday. Hope you have an outstanding day and week. Thanks so much for being with us. Miss anything in the first hour of the show? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana. Well, it feels like it's been forever. Haven't seen our good friend Carolyn in quite some time, and she hasn't been on Nuanas Now in almost a month. I know you missed her. It's a chick who doesn't know sports. The first one for 2020. We're coming to you here on ESPN Radio, recording this on a Thursday morning. And Carolyn, I hope you had a wonderful break. How How's your Christmas? How's your New Year's? Well, first of all, Happy New Year! Hey, look at that. Do you like Christmas or New Year's better? Christmas. Uh, see, I I love New Year's. Why? I don't know, because I like renewals, and I like pondering, and I like dwelling, and I like uh, deep thought, and I don't like presents or decorations. Why can't you do all those things on Christmas? You know, I don't know. I've kind of been how I am since I was like four. Mm. I stopped believing in Santa when I was like Shh. five. You know who's listening? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not saying you should all believe in Santa. Maybe I'm wrong. You are wrong, 100. <laughs> Santa's the bomb. Oh, regardless, I love the, I love the renewal of the new year, mm. and uh, I love the 
You know what I don't like about the new year? What's that? Dry January. Are you doing that? I'm trying. Well, we're six days in. You're already it's like... It's called try January. That's good. Hey. Well, I mean, shoot, you're already a quarter through. It's January 6th. That's a good point. Yeah. Good point. After uh, as someone has done that several times or done elongated breaks from the uh, the uh, spirits, I uh, I can tell you after day eight, after that, it, it's all the same. It's smooth sailing after that. Yeah, yeah. You're, if you're, you're going to fail, you're going to fail on like day five. Okay. You know, it's it's been fine. It's... um. It's more the like ritual of it. And so, you know, I make myself a little, uh, I take a little, you know, fizzy water and put some ice in it and a lemon and it looks fancy. And then I feel like I'm having fun water instead of plain water. Yeah, yeah water. that's good. So it's been fine. And with the driving conditions the way they are, like I'm not trying to get out or do anything. Sure. You know, so I'm hunkered down. So it's been fine. It's all good. Well, uh, I thought of, uh, this segment during my Christmas break, because uh, probably the four most impactful and thought-provoking things I did were watching documentaries, uh, four different documentaries that were all incredibly interesting. I watched a documentary on DMX and oh, uh, the, demise, oh, the, one on HBO. the demise of his life. I also watched mm-hmm. the HBO music box on Kenny G, perhaps the most fascinating. Did you see the Woodstock one? I have not. Oh. No, I still I still have Woodstock and Alanis Morissette and Juice World to uh, The Woodstock to one is mind-blowing because I remember it. I was living in L.A. at the time, so there was no way I was going to go. And I, I'm not a festival person anyway, so sure. I wouldn't have gone. But it is wild to see everything that went wrong there. Yeah. And it, it... This is what's like 99, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was awful. And, um, sca- I mean, I it was, it was really scary to think about yeah. people. Because I was that age that I would have gone. I was like, however old I was then. Yeah. I was young. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So I watched those two. I thought the Kenny G documentary and everybody that I've told this to has been making fun of me that I thought it was one of the most thought, thought provoking and compelling documentaries I've ever watched, period. And I, that's the only thing that I watch is documentaries. All right. Well, it's not because of the subject of Kenny G himself. It's because of the dynamic of Kenny G's existence in the world. Right. How did this man become one of the most worldwide best selling artists ever? Yet most people who actually like or consider themselves connoisseurs of music hate him. How is that true, right? How can both things be true? How can you sell 100 million records and then guys like the guys who work at the trailer are like, I would never listen to Kenny G. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. And so just like the dynamic of that, and then this poor guy, like he's just caught in the middle of it, and he's, he's just- like, I just want to play my clarinet. That's exactly right. Like he's just- Plot my hair he, around. Exactly. He's just, he seriously says that. He's like, I'm just this weird musician guy from Seattle that just makes music, and I think it sounds good, and some people think it does too. I'm not trying to- Con anybody. Right. He's like, I just play my saxophone and my, you know, whatever, and here I am. That's they should do funny. a documentary on Mannheim Steamroller. Ooh, that's good. I love the some Mannheim Steamroller. Yeah, we could do a whole uh, hour segment on Kenny G if we wanted to, but we'll spare I'll you. Uh, the other one I watched was about the history of late night television and how much impact that used to have on pop culture and how much it doesn't as much anymore right. and how that shift has affected America. What was that on? It was on HBO. Oh, the history of late night. Okay. Yeah, because now I, people, some people still kind of watch Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert or whatever, but like Johnny Carson was one of the most famous yeah. people in the world. He, I mean, if you were a comedian and you were on Johnny Carson, if you were, that was if it. you were anybody, you were, well, I mean, right, but like people literally watch TV to listen to the president and Johnny Carson, you yeah. know, and so just the way that that evolved was, is wild. And then the, the last one I watched, which was actually so good, and I think that everybody should watch it, and they should also read the uh, 1989 Sports Illustrated article that they mentioned in it by Peter King. It was all about John Madden. 
Oh, yeah. And just, the, just who John Madden was and uh, how he simplified football for everybody brought to the masses. But the article I'm referencing, John Madden was scared of planes. So during the last 40 years of his broadcast career, he took a bus coast to coast every week wow. for, different, for different NFL football games. So he would ride three to 4,000 miles on a bus every week. And they say it takes about 72 to 90 hours to get across the country on a bus. And so Peter King went with him one time. It just chronicled this whole thing. But I think even though it was more than 30 years ago, it's such a great, it's such a great perspective because basically like the thesis of this article is that if you live in the big city and you live in the big media markets and you listen to all the noise around you, you're going to be convinced that the world is ending and that people are terrible and that everything sucks. And that's, I think, uh, certainly true now, some 30 years later. But if you just ride a bus across the country and you just stop to smell the flowers and you stop in the small towns and you talk to the people, most people are nice and the world is pretty sweet. Maybe you should take a bus across I, the country. I thought it was awesome because I thought to myself, this I think so negatively sometimes or so like doomsday about the state of affairs in the world. And part of that is just because I do work in the news business, so I'm inundated by all the bad news. But then I was reminded, like, I can go anywhere in Montana. It's great. You, you know, you can. wonder why I watch Real Housewives. Uh, right, sure. It's Disconnect. It's escape yeah. from all of totally. the real world. Totally. Totally. And like my brother said when he watched that John Madden thing, like, what John Madden did better than anybody was he just wanted to be happy. <laughs> He's not trying to do anything weird or anything. He just yeah. wanted, like, he takes naps during the middle of the day because oh, it makes him happy. That's great. You know, like yeah. he just eats wherever he wants and he's kind of heavy. He doesn't care. He's just like, I mean, live till he's 86. Right. So who cares? You know, eat hot wings. Loved. I mean, he was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody loved him. He was him, like so. the Betty White of football. Uh, he was. R.I.P. Betty White. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Betty White. Yeah. All right. Chicken does no sports. First one of 2022. Our good friend Carolyn in studio. It's presented by the AC Hotel. Stay tuned. We got a little voucher for you to the AC Hotel here coming up in just a quick minute. Uh, we've been doing almost exclusively either lead-up coverage to Montana State's National Championship football game against North Dakota State on Saturday or Big Sky Hoops, a variety of Big Sky Hoops, uh, whether it's men or women's. Um, but I'm sure we're going to talk about none of that today, so what do you got? Well, Monday morning I came into work and I was fired up about Antonio Brown. And I was like, oh, buddy. this guy is so entitled you know, I already dislike him for the charges that were, you know, brought against him. I don't like his attitude. And then his little stunt he pulled on Sunday night just put me over the edge. He was going to be my tool of the week. I have a different tool of the week. We'll get to later. However, this morning I woke up to news. Don't you think that, like, I mean, to me, Antonio Brown, though, it's not annoying anymore because it's just sad. Like, I've never seen a display like he displayed. I don't I, I don't disagree, but do you know the story? Have you heard? Well, I've heard I've heard uh, his allegations now that yes. he has had a broken foot and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been making him play through it and not diagnosing it correctly. Yes, and they also um, gave him a powerful and sometimes dangerous painkiller. He has... Well, that guy... Do, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but that guy doesn't need any drugs. I okay. tell you that. Okay. <laughs> My point is, is that he has uh, the receipts, as the kids say, on his Instagram that, that show mean? texts between him and the coach mm. and um, physical therapists and things like that. And basically, he's alleging that the coach of the Buccaneers Bruce Arians. has forced him to take these drugs, play through a really bad 
broken ankle. Um, and he said at the game, I guess, he told the coach, like, I can't play. And the coach cut him right then and there. So hmm. he didn't quit on the field. He didn't. Hmm. The coach allegedly said, you're out of here. You're done. Hmm. And then he did his little whatever his thing was. Hmm. His okay. whole uh, statements on his Instagram. So you can go check that out. But he also shows some um, some texts back and forth about going to see a doctor and then going to a different doctor. And then he had planned to have surgery. And then they said no and all of these things. <sighs> I don't know. But I, it just makes you wonder. I, I well, so the loophole here, though, is Antonio Brown's tried to get sympathy and or some sort of recourse for this alleged misdiagnosis and or mistreatment of an employee, right? Right. And he's also trying to say, I did not quit. I was fired. Right. While that has some uh, amount of validity to it, uh, the fact of the matter in the NFL is that there there is no such thing as employee welfare when it comes to your health and if and when you get hurt, the team absolutely is justified in cutting you. That's just the standard that's been established in the NFL. So if Antonio Brown really was hurt and they were trying to make him play through it and then he refused to play through it and they cut him, that's not uncommon. That happens every single week. In the middle of a game? The, the, that's, the, that's where the timing uh, comes in, right? Like he's alleging that they cut him before the game, right? And then he pulled this whole scene during the game. I, From what I understood and read, but I didn't have my readers on this morning because mm-hmm. it's very small font, okay. that he was saying in the game, he said, I can't play. And yeah. then the coach said, then you're out of here. And then he right. did his little shirty, like, you know, strip tease. Yeah. Hmm. So. Well. You know, I don't know. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The best meme I've seen of the whole thing was that uh, the greatest coach in football history is Mike Tomlin because he got Antonio Brown to act right for seven consecutive years, and that's like a miracle because Antonio Brown can't even act right for like seven days since he left Pittsburgh. So I don't know. I I feel sad for Antonio Brown. To me, it seems he's incredibly mentally ill, and I think he needs some help. That could be it, or, uh, I mean, yes, that could definitely be it. I think there's a lot at play here. For sure. And, and the thing to remember, too, is that you certainly can be mentally ill and need help and also be uh, completely self-worshipping, narcissist, attention-freak, non-good teammate, bad employee, right. delusional. All, Title, all, all of, of the, the things, things can be true. And yes. I think Antonio Brown's afflicted by all of them. Right. But all of the entitlement afflictions that he has emphasize what is clearly, to me, instability mentally. Well, I, I mean, I agree. Yeah. I just, I don't like how these teams make these players. I mean, I remember talking to a friend who um, had a friend in the NFL, and he said, like, they would just travel with these suitcases filled with drugs. Oh, like, yeah. you just play through. You mask it all, and you deal with it later. And I, I understand the business side of it, but they are humans, and, you know, if you have a broken ankle or a brain injury, I mean, look at Gronk. He left. His brain was like, his head was swollen like three times the size. Yep. And then he came back. Totally. Stupid. Is it though? Yes. I think that's the thing though. It's all personal choice. Like I would say that a a vast majority of guys who play in the NFL, if you were to tell them you can play in the NFL for 10 years, varying levels of success, whatever, and you will have incredible traumatic brain injuries. It will detrimentally affect the rest of your life. Or you can have a full bill of health and live to your 85 in perfect health. 
and not play in the NFL for 10 years, I think almost every guy in the NFL would pick the former, not the latter. Wild. It is wild. I wonder what their mothers would pick for them. Mm. Well, depends on how big a house they buy their mothers, I That's guess. That's true. Chicken does no sports, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Carolyn joining us. What else you got? So a Chicago sportscaster announced that he would not be voting for Aaron Rodgers as MVP. Right. I saw this. This is, uh, this is blowing up the internet right now. He got now. in a little bit of trouble because he, you're not allowed, if you're a voter, I guess you're not allowed to say who you are voting for, but you don't have, you can't say who you're not voting for. But I loved what he had to say. And I'm going to uh, Oh, buddy. I'm going to say, I'm going to quote, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. Has he been the most valuable on the field? Yeah, you could make that argument. I love that. That is perfection right there. Right. You can be a great player, but you cannot be a total D-bag. But you can. No. Why? Because I said so. I know, but the, the thing is that all of this like moral self-righteousness that we want to empower on these players, the only way that players that get in legal trouble or players that act completely outrageous like Antonio Brown or players that act completely self-absorbed like Aaron Rodgers, the only way anything ever changes is if every single person stops watching the NFL, and that's not going to happen. So therefore, the toxicity of the culture is going to continue to be perpetuated because that's just what it is. I still think it's stupid. (laughs) I don't like it. Well, so, I mean, I guess it comes down to, like, are we... Are we really evaluating people's moral character and personal decisions ba- to, to vote in what they achieve this on the field for about an award? That. Think about the preseason and what he yeah. wasn't going to practices. He wanted to, whatever. He had his little big baby meltdown because he had a backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was afraid was going to take his place. Sure. And he acted like a big fat jerk. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole vaccination thing, whatever. I don't care about that. Yeah. I think when you're going to play for a team, you show up to your practices, you come to your preseason workouts, you do what you're supposed to do because yeah. you're, that is your job. Sure. And then you have one of the biggest fan bases with this green, the Green Bay Packers, boo. Right. But you have one of the biggest fan bases and yeah. you treat them like crap because yeah. you're so self-centered. But why does it matter? Why are we evaluating these guys based on their actions? See, this is our fault for making people's personal lives and making their personalities matter at all. Like, in, in its essence, what the MVP award should be about is only football. And in its essence, if you're should if you voting on the MVP award, it should be only about what that person does on the football I disagree. Field. The MVP really? is your – the, the – um, What's the, the aura you're giving to your team? Mm-hmm. He was not a good teammate. I don't care that he. But won. like they have the best record in the NFL. I don't care. <laughs> Leading up to that, and I don't know what kind of attitude, like the attitude in the locker room. Oh, Aaron, is, well, you know, who, not showing up again. Who's the best wide receiver in the NFL? I don't know. Devontae Adams for okay, the Green great. Bay Packers. Who's the best? Uh, who's the best offensive guard? I don't know. Billy Turner for the Green Bay Packers. Do you think those guys think Aaron Rodgers is a bad teammate or the fact that they're the number one seed in the NFL and he's the best player in the league? Do they, what do you think? Because I think that they think he's a great teammate and I don't think they care about any of this stuff. I think they, they appreciate that he can throw to them and they can score touchdowns or whatever they do, but I think they think he's a total jerk. Right. That part That is part of being in a team. Sure. Being on a team is being have camaraderie, have respect for your teammates, show up to practice. Don't go out there and yeah. be a jerk. To I don't. I don't. I disagree with you. I think it's it's all encompassing when you're a teammate. Okay. It's not just what you do on the field. 
speaking as the MVP of my tennis team in 1990, <laughs> I threw um, carb parties the night before our big events, our big tournaments. I, um, you know, cheered on my teammates. I was an all-around good teammate. It wasn't just what I did on the court. But, I just say. But what, what, I mean, I don't know. I always just get so conflicted over all of this because I do think that, first of all, the way that our culture has evolved and the way that our media has evolved, there's a lot bigger platform and a lot more prevalent platform to make yourself look like an, a narcissistic, self-absorbed tool. Right. But I always think about all the people that we deified and made into heroes for decades and decades and decades and how in reality and in personality, they're not very much different than Aaron Rodgers. The only difference is the platform that Aaron Rodgers has been provided. I guess what I'm saying is that like there's this incredible romanticism about somebody like Michael Jordan. Right. And Michael Jordan was doing as much, if not more, outrageous things behind the scenes that were detrimental to his own health, his teammates, all these different things. It just wasn't on Twitter all the time. Aaron Rodgers just does podcasts with Pat McAfee and waxes poetic about how he wishes Green Bay would draft him a receiver in the first round. That's objectively different and, in my opinion, a lot less bad than going out until 5 in the morning gambling the night before an NBA Finals game like Michael Jordan once did. Touche. <laughs> you know, like, because Dennis Rodman's weird and he dyes his hair funny colors and he marries men and women and wears wedding dresses on the cover of magazines, we think he's crazy, but we give him a pass when he just disappears to Vegas during the middle of the Finals. Aaron Rodgers sits there and talks in his Cal Berkeley super intellectual way, and he seems so snarky and self-absorbed, and he is. But no we, gave, we only know that because of the platform that he was provided. But no one gave Dennis Rodman a pass for any of that nonsense. So just a heads up on that. Yeah. Uh, here, is, here is where I am with this. <laughs> I am right. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> here, here's, here's where I am with this. Throughout throughout all of the, the rise of the phenomenon of obsession with sports in America, I think you could say it's now been a real thing for about a century. And it's been uh, an over-the-top exposure thing for about half a century. Throughout all of that, for the first 80 of those years, every athlete that was a phenomenal and elite performer was turned into a hero, period. Because the only thing that we analyzed them on was their performance on the field. It was not even part of the, right. the American lexicon to talk about people's personal lives, who they're sleeping with, what they're doing after work, where they go drink, what they consume. None of that was even on. You couldn't even write about it or talk about it or anything. Now, all of that is inbounds. All of it is all anybody ever wants to talk about. And... We gave all these already self-absorbed narcissists cameras where they can do podcasts and video casts and all that 24-7, 365 days a year. Right. All right. So here's so my... So I guess what I'm saying is I think, it would be very, I think it would be very depressing for people to realize that most professional athletes are exactly like Aaron Rodgers and they have been for almost 100 years. Uh, okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> here's the thing. If you want to be MVP... Yes. If you... Um, if, if you diss your team, you don't show up to practice, mm -hmm. if you sit out practices like James Harden, yeah. if you um, pull the stuff because you want to be traded because you don't like what your, your team or whatever your little baby, you should automatically be disqualified from MVP. The reason that this argument is so compelling is because there are a bunch of guys that actually do act like Aaron Rodgers, and the reason this isn't a conversation around them is because they're not the MVP. 
the reason this is a conversation is because you're right. Like in your in your in your desire for these guys to act better and be better leaders and not be so narcissistic like Aaron Rodgers is. That's correct. You're you are correct. This is just so confusing for people because Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the NFL. That's and that's the problem. And no, I mean I know, so I know, I know. And but that's why he's getting the last laugh though, because they have thirteen wins for the third year in a row, and that's never happened in NFL history. And he's about to win back to back MVPs when he's forty. So it's like, you know, again, do you get what I'm saying? Like it yeah, would no. fall, it would fall a lot more flat if he had any modicum of failure whatsoever, but he hasn't. I understand all of this. I just feel like when you're looking at an MVP, you're looking at the whole person and their whole, um, what they've done for the entire team, not on the field, but off the field, right. all those things. Right. That's all I'm saying. But like, it, I mean, isn't, he, it, isn't it clear that the off the field stuff didn't affect his team? Cause they're, they had the best record in the league. It doesn't. And they ra- and they seem to rally around him in games and stuff. Like there doesn't seem games to, because that's right. what they're, they're doing their job. I'm talking in the locker room. Are they like, well, I don't think they would be playing this hard for him if they hated him. You don't think they're playing for their own money and their own, mm. hopefully, Super Bowl ring yeah, and maybe. all those things? Yeah, yeah for maybe. sure. But that's also just like a workplace environment, right? We all work with people that we don't like and we just what? we just do it, you know? How dare you? Yeah, right. I love you. You're like my favorite person to work with I've ever worked with. Chicken Does No Sports, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. All right, we only got a couple minutes right. left. What else you got? I got my tool of the week. <laughs> Oh, it's not either of those guys? It's not either oh, of those buddy. guys. Okay. That's how bad it is. Okay, so this guy, so one guy gets naked in the middle of the field. The other mm-hmm. guy's uh, getting in a debate about vaccines and MVP awards. Neither one's the tool of the week. Okay, I can't wait. This tool of the week <laughs> is not even a professional athlete. Okay. It is a parent oh, of God. a young basketball player yep. in Washington. Okay. Who was the basketball player? Just a kid. Some kid. How old know. is he? It's like 12. Okay. This dad... So there was a little altercation on the um, court. The ref sort of split the boys up and touched them both, but pushed them away from each other. The dad ran onto the court, pushed down a 72-year-old ref. Jeez. The man broke his nose, broken cheekbone. It took like 30 minutes to stop bleeding. Sounds like Butte Anaconda. Right? This was not Butte. This was Washington. He uh, was booked into jail and posted bond. And uh, he has to go to court next week. Wow. And that is the ultimate tool of the week. Mm-hmm. One, no mo- wonder we can't find refs. <laughs> okay. <for new> sports. <laughs> Two, uh, great example, Dad. Right. Like, come on. I know. Gosh. I don't even want to say his name because I don't want to give him any fame. Oh, we are man. In the PNW. So funny. But that's my tool of the week. Parents, keep it in check. Yep. Go to a boxing class if you need to. <laughs> I don't know what, but get it together. Gosh. I know. It's like when there was the whole controversy with our current governor and, and his uh, alleged body slam of a reporter. It's, and it's just like when refs, when parents are fighting refs and whatever. It's just so funny. Like my brother and I always say, like, there's a variety of different types of media members you could potentially assault or a variety of different uh, refs you could potentially assault, like. How about just don't assault anyone? That's right. But also, what happens if you do, and it's like you you did it, and it's like my brother, and he just whoops you. Oh, 
get what you're saying. Like, right. Like, you you never know. You never know, right? right? Right. You never know. It's like one of my, I, I knew a guy in college who was like a semi-pro uh, UFC guy, but he, I asked him how he first got into it. And he's like, well, I used to get in bar fights all the time because I thought it was so tough. And then I was living in Hawaii, and I picked this fight with this little five foot five, hundred thirty pound guy. And little did I know, is BJ Penn, who's the lightweight champion of the world in the UFC, and he just destroyed me, and like choked me out, and then like picked me up and was like, "You need to watch yourself, son." And he's like, "You should come train at my gym." And then this guy ended up like becoming a semi pro UFC fighter because of that moment. But anyways, it's just uh, I just say like you never know just, who you're screwing with, right? And let's just not assault people. Let's That's try true that. too. Let's just not. Right. Let's keep our hand. Let's keep, especially in front of kids. Man, I'm that riled me up today. Well, here you go. Well, thank you, Carolyn. Do you have anything else good for us besides free AC hotel? Um. No, but please drive safely out there. Drive us. safely, especially if you're going to and from the AC Hotel. We got a voucher for you. We're going to send it. you're coming from the AC Hotel bar. Yes, right. Uh, <laughs> we have a voucher to go to said bar, and you can try some brunch and uh, maybe some mimosas, Bloody Marys. All you got to do is call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call us right now for your chance to win two vouchers to the AC Hotel caller number 3-888-1029-888-1029 AC Hotel proud presenter of the Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports each Thursday here on Nuanas Now thank you very much Carolyn thank you ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television men's hoops to games tonight Montana State is at Idaho Montana is at Eastern Washington UM head coach Travis Takir joins us next here on Nuanas Now keep it right here ESPN Radio. Nuwana is now on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's producer Tommy from Nuwana is now. Did you know you don't even need a radio to listen to Nuwana is now? You can watch Nuwana is now all around the state of Montana on SWX Television, Channel 199 on Charter or 23.3 on Terrestrial Television. Plus, you can stream every minute of Nuwana is now live on YouTube. Tune into the stream on 1029ESPN.com or find ESPN Missoula on the TuneIn Radio app. 4 to 6 weekdays on 1029 ESPN Radio. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. ESPN Radio. Maybe SWX Montana Television. No matter how you're watching, listening, maybe you're streaming it. Maybe you're listening right now on the podcast, retrospectively. Whatever way you're listening, we appreciate you being here. Hope you're having an outstanding day and an outstanding week. I'm Coulter Nuanez, coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsports, new to Missoula. You can find them here in the Garden City, the corner of Stevens and Mount. You can also check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting nwmsrocks.com. The Montana Grizzlies have won three straight Big Sky Conference games in men's hoops. Little caveat because uh, the first win came way back in early December, but the last two, they swept Idaho State and Weber State here in Missoula last weekend. Thought the Grizz looked better Saturday against Weber than they had at any time uh, the last two years other than when they played Weber in the Big Sky Tournament last March. That seems to always go that way well, with this group of Grizz guys. Easier to get up for a rivalry game or whatever. But I do think we're starting to see a little bit of further role definition 
stratification amongst the roster, a couple guys emerging as maybe leaders or go-to guys, and they've been kind of waiting for it because they've had a couple teams in a row that are pretty young. And uh, Coach DeCure, Travis DeCure, he has talked extensively about that, how they need somebody to sort of step out of the shadows and then become a guy, become the dude, lead the way. And uh, I think Josh Bannon is doing a good job from a vocal leadership perspective and sort of being the linchpin of that defense. And Robbie Beasley playing a little bit more on the ball. He's sort of emerging as a little bit of a scorer as well. And I think they also have some guys that have been here for the last two years, whether they're new this year or they were new last year. They're sort of settling in, and I think that just having people around to follow the program and having people at Dahlberg Arena and all that stuff, I think it's it's helping them just, just from a an attitude perspective and just a comfortability perspective being here uh, in Montana. So the University of Montana, they play at Eastern Washington tonight in men's hoops, 7 p.m. local tip time. You can find the game on ESPN+. And then on Sunday, they play at Montana State, 5 p.m. tip there from Brick Breeden Fieldhouse. Bobcats played at Idaho. Heard from Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head coach, earlier this week. But I caught up with Coach Secure, Travis Secure, yesterday morning. Uh, just a couple quick questions about this. but And I'll give you my perspective on what I think of having to play a road game against the defending Big Sky Conference champions with the rivalry looming. I actually don't think it's as big of a disadvantage as people want to maybe make it out to be. Travis Secure leading up to tonight's game against Eastern Washington and Cheney. Well, Trav, good win on Saturday, and now you got a couple more uh, sort of rival-like games. Uh, so how do you parlay the momentum from Saturday into this week? Uh, you know, we got to be careful and handle success the right way. You know, I, I think one of the things that we've always emphasized with our guys here is that every game is a big game in conference. Um, you know, one of the things that you could overlook is how much your opponent looks forward to playing you. And, you know, that's the advantage of... Being at a place like the University of Montana is that you get an incredible environment in every game, uh, whether you're home or on the road. And so our guys look forward to it. It was interesting talking to Lionel Martin because he said, you know, I never played against Weaver before, but I knew Weaver was a big deal just from the community and the coaches and, and my teammates that have played them before. So uh, do you feel like it sinks in for the, the new guys pretty early on? Yeah, I, I you know, we'll, I don't know if they're always mentally prepared for it. Right. Uh, the, the intensity uh, that you feel when the ball goes in the air. Um, just always feels a little different. Um, and even the lead-up, the, the, the coaches and the preparation and some of the details that we cover that we may not cover uh, in non-conference because you're just a little more familiar with your opponent. I'm so unfamiliar with Eastern Washington because they're all brand new, right? So, I mean, do they, But do they look the same stylistically? I know David Riley comes from the same coaching tree. So, I mean, does, do they look kind of the same even if the personnel's different? Yeah, they. you know, he's tweaked it. He's put his own personality on it. There's some things that they've run in the past that they are running right now, and he's added some wrinkles here and there, uh, which all head coaches do. But systematically, they're, they're very similar to what they've been in the past. And the fact that there's a, uh, I guess, the Montana State game looming on Sunday, how do you not uh, let that get in the way of, of what's the task at hand on Thursday? I never talk about those games. <laughs> yeah. um, just like any 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 uh, weekend, though, really, right. is Thursday. We deal with Thursday, and we don't really address uh, our Saturday or Sunday game with our team uh, until Friday morning. Uh, last one for me. Did, what did you think of just the, the rescheduling of it? I mean, did you mind p- moving it to Sunday? Um, you know, I, I, I get it. Uh, I, I think that if we were playing in that game, that our community would have preferred that the game get pushed. Right. So I understand it. Uh, there was no pushback or uh, negative thoughts from our end. Um, but at, at the same time, 
uh, it gets you out of your normal routine of Sundays off and a hard practice on Monday, we're, we're going to have to transition into Southern Utah um, with a Monday off, right? which is a completely different preparation, but we'll, we'll make the most of it. With things east of Washington, you kind of talked about a little bit, but how do you prepare for a team where they have such a plethora of transfers, but you know that they still run kind of the basics still? Same way, same way you prepare for anybody. You watch film, okay. and, and your, your scout is always based on what you see in film. Yeah. Um, you know, even like, you know, Weaver State brought back a, a healthy number of players from last year. Right. Now, some of those guys aren't playing. True. And a lot so, of the new guys were playing over. But they run the same offense they ran last year. So... You know, you, you you address the the system, the things they do offensively, the things they do dif- defensively, uh, based on what you see on film. They change their defense, um, but at the same time, you have some familiarity with some of the returners. So you address those, and then the new guys, you just watch as many games as you can and, yeah. and make yourself familiar with them. Do you watch any games from those new guys, those new guys from the seasons past since they are transfers? No, I would do that if we played in in November. That makes sense. Uh, but when when you've got ten to fifteen yeah. games under your belt, yeah, you plenty of scouts. Uh, it's what they're doing now okay. is going to be way better preparation than last season. I know you don't want to talk too much about it, but is it weird not having played that game against Montana State since 2020? I don't even think about it. <laughs> um, I, I think anything that, that happened or didn't happen last year is weird. So um, yeah, we've, weird. I've, I've kind of moved to the point where it's just, you know, let's just try to get as close to normal as possible. It's, it, I feel good about having fans right now, and yeah. hopefully we'll have a good number of fans on Sunday. Travis Akir, head men's basketball coach for the University of Montana men's basketball team. They play at Eastern Washington, about an hour and 15 minutes from now. New on is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. Having this game against Eastern tonight, you could say, okay, it's a scheduling disadvantage for Montana. But I actually think having a Thursday game before a Sunday rivalry game, it's not an easy turnaround. It's a tough turnaround. It's always tough to play in Cheney and then in Bozeman. But I think it sort of lessens the hype. And I think sometimes the hype is the thing that's the hardest part about the Montana-Montana State rivalry for the athletes to to navigate and overcome. So although it maybe seems like a disadvantage for uh, Montana to have to play on the road tonight, well, so does Montana State. They're also on the road. But also, they can focus on the opponents at hand, and then the hype machine doesn't get going until tomorrow. And even then, because there's an FCS National Championship game on Saturday featuring a Montana school, I don't think the hype is going to be uh, overflowing like oftentimes it is uh, when it be- comes down to the Grizzlies and the Bobcats squaring off in, in any particular sport. Why is North Dakota State so good? Brent Vegan will tell us why right after this. He was there for a long time, and it's in reemphasis of what Andrew Houghton was saying on our show yesterday. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. For four years running, Coulter Nuanez and the team at ESPN Missoula have captured the E.B. Craney Award for Radio Sports Coverage of the Year. Each Wednesday on Nuanas Now, the featured long-form interview of the week takes center stage. Tune in to Nuanas Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula or SWX Montana Television to hear the Montana Radio Sportscaster of the Year conduct an in-depth interview with prominent sports figures from around Montana. The ESPN Roundtable during the 5 o'clock hour each Wednesday on Nuanas Now is proudly presented by Paradise Falls. This is is Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. We gon' go get up, probably talk on the phone, but she, I don't know if that's good. I've been holding back this secret from you, I probably shouldn't tell it if I 
So, Montana, welcome back. ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It's time now for the final word presented by Eagle Satellite. Eagle Satellite wants to thank all current and former healthcare workers. They appreciate all you've done and continue to do. If you want to learn more about their free TV package? Call 728-9999 and ask about that as well as internet starting at just $50 a month. Eagle Satellite, presenting sponsor of the last word. We talked about North Dakota State's success in the formula for it and the elements of it yesterday. You can find that in the podcast as well as anything from this show on the podcast as well. But Andrew Houghton had some very good points. And Brent Deacon, Montana State's head coach, echoed some of those. Vegan played at NDSU and coaches at NDSU. Here's what Brent Vegan thinks is the key or among the keys to NDSU's wavering success over the last 10 years. Yeah, to say say I would have envisioned this in 2010 um, to the extreme, not necessarily, um, but there was a there was a machine building, and by that I mean, you know, getting to the playoffs, having the success in um, 11, and then in the 12. Um, I know there's a lot of pride in that program, whether it's in the Fargo Moorhead area or, or across the state, that. Uh, I guess the stakeholders didn't want to, weren't going to want to see that slow down, you know, and, and it takes, it takes continued support. It takes, um, avoiding complacency, you know, and that needs to be a, a real collective effort. And it's apparent that, um, neither, you know, that continued supports there, uh, you know, the, the indoor complex that's coming up, um, will be amazing. I, I know, uh, the continued commitment from a scholarship perspective um, has been everything it needs to be, and you know uh, there's there's been an avoidance of, of being complacent, and, and that a lot of credit goes to just all those people on the outside continuing to push it, but it, a lot of it just goes to those players that continual um, synergy, I guess, within that locker room of one group of players leading the next group of players and showing them how it needs to be done and not letting that part slip up um, is really the core to this continued success um, while, you know, those outside forces feeding it. So you go, Brett Vegan, former North Dakota State tight end and former North Dakota State offensive coach, now the head coach of Montana State, as he leads his new team against his alma mater. Fascinating dynamic because Vegan's been there before in Frisco in fact, three different times in which NDSU took home the national championship. Now he will try to dethrone a team searching for their ninth national title in the last 10 years. Interesting stuff there. I think that North Dakota State's consistency and um, the, the, this utter reign of dominance is, is something that quite literally every program in the country could and does dream of, yet has never achieved, and I don't know if it'll ever be achieved again. That internal consistency where the expectation is passed down from each player group and the fact that they think of each year as an isolated year and they don't buy into any of the modernization of, of recruiting or or any of the noise that comes with it. It's just it's fascinating to watch. It's so easy to say you're going to be about it, but it's so hard to actually be about it, and that's what NDSU has done. Montana State, they take on the Bison to, on Saturday Excuse me, at 11 a.m., Central time, that's 10 a.m. Montana time. We got one last show for the week. We uh, put this whole thing together for you today because I'm hitting a a plane tomorrow. Please send your good vibes my way because I need to 
get down to Texas smooth as possible. But we have a jam-packed powerhouse show for you tomorrow. Brent Vegan will join us in a duration of one-on-one. I recorded with him a couple weeks ago. Matt Entz, the head coach of North Dakota State, will also join us on the show. We're here from Troy Anderson and Tommy Malott. We're here from Brooks Nuanez, SkylineSportsMT.com, and we're going to hear from Dan Davies, Associate Athletic Director of Montana State, and a guy who's been uh, involved in the last two Montana State National Championships, even though they were 37 and 45 years ago. He played on the 76 team and coached on the 84 team, so he has great perspective as well. If you need anything else to listen to, you can also go check out the Big Sky Breakdown. Got a new episode up there right now with Ty Gregorak, Brooks Nuanez, myself. And then tomorrow we're also going to hear from Sam Herter on the Big Sky Breakdown as well. Have yourself a wonderful evening. Happy Thursday. We'll be back at tomorrow at 4 p.m. even if I'm not in studio, so have no fear. Nuanez now returns 4 p.m. tomorrow. We'll see you then. ESPN Radio. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.